One, two, three. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 18 of Shane's Life is a Fantasy Draft. This week we are talking a little bit of football, a little bit of baseball, a lot of basketball. We'll take a deep dive into one of the most surprising stories of the National Hockey League this year. And we will do it all with you this week on Shane's Life is a Fantasy Draft. Let's hit that music. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. My name is Daniel Gewertz. I am joined, as always, by the Taboo and Fergie to my will I am, John Gorman and Greg Dennis. John Gorman, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm fantastic. Popping the top on another fantastic Tuesday evening with you fellas. Happy to be here, as always. And as always, we are happy to have you. Greg Dennis, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Am I Fergie? Yes, you're Fergie. In yes, you're absolutely the Fergie of this group. Oh. I am definitely the apple. Or do we even? Know, I'm like Taboo. the pros of. Taboo. Yeah, I'm like the pros of the Fujis. Wait, <laughs> hold on. You can't just mix groups like it that. It doesn't matter. No, you <laughs> it can't. doesn't matter anymore. All right. Well, I guess <laughs> I'm matter. the I'm the John Lennon of this group. Then, how do you like that one, guys? <laughs> but, but there's four Perfect. people in the Beatles. <laughs> that means not. Hey, bonus. None of us have to be Ringo. Oh, love Ringo. Oh, man, you guys, Des Bryant got released this week. I think that's 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 a huge story for the NFL, you know, in the in the weeks leading up to the draft. Des Bryant released. Do we care very much about veteran wide receivers anymore? No. Just I'll a, tell so you just a just a flat just a, <laughs> just a flat just a flat no like Des Bryant is not going to make an impact on any team coming up in this in this NFL season. Well, here's where I'd love him to go, but he'll never go there. Go to the Rams. Oh my God! Let Let's just tie that all. Let's tie that all up with a nice bow, and let's do it. They were trying to trade for OBJ. Well, let's get a slightly older version of him, mm-hmm. and let's roll. So like. With Dez, it's interesting because, like, we're talking about, like, wide receivers, right? So, like, of the wide receivers who are slated to make, like, more than $6 million in guaranteed money this year, um, according to Over the Cap, um, Julio Jones, Demarius Thomas, A.J. Green, Deshaun Jackson, Emmanuel Sanders, Corey Davis, Allen Robinson, um, they're all younger than Dez. Hmm. Uh, and Dez really only made more than $3 million in guaranteed money, like, starting in 2016. When he got nine million, and then last year he got fourteen because he had like a backloaded contract. So like, Dez is probably not going to get the money that he thinks he's going to like that he's going to set out to look for. But um, like, he'll be good on a team as long as he's able to be like a number two and not a number one. Sure, and he's also not going to get the money that he maybe thinks he deserves because he was released so late into the off season. Right. right. Like the draft hasn't happened yet. So a lot of teams will be looking to fill some holes after the draft. He's probably not getting signed before the draft. And then teams will have to obviously spend their cap space on guys that they draft. And only then is he going to find a team that's even looking for a receiver. So he's really like his choices are going to be limited. And that's it's kind of not fair that the Cowboys did that to him. Like that's kind of a dirty move by the Cowboys. But right. you know, what, what else do we expect from Jerry Jones? Well, and there's there's been rumblings, too, that it was like like players came forward and like one of them is rumored to be Dak Prescott, who was like, I think it would be better if we moved on from him. Hmm. And like, that's alarming. I want to I want to uh, go with this theme that we have about uh, Des isn't going to get the money he deserves or he thinks he deserves. I'm going to carry this theme on and just say because he isn't that good anymore. And I know we don't have a great body of work because Tony Romo and he were very productive tandem. Dak Prescott, Des Bryant, not so much. How much of that, though, is is just Des not being maybe as good as we thought he was in the first place? Well, and also, like, Dak Prescott doesn't throw as often as Tony Romo does. 
and when he have did, to. And, and when he was throwing to Dez, he was throwing. He was chucking deep balls to Dez. So like, there's you know, Dez had 130 passes thrown to him in the last two years, and he only caught 71 of them. But like, how many of those misses were like more than 20 yards down the field? Right. Mo- I felt like most of them. I, it didn't feel like uh, Dak Prescott's sure not the kind of quarterback. <laughs> Dak Prescott's not the kind of quarterback who's going to make the best use of Des Bryant. And and Greg made a good point. It could be that Des just isn't as good as we thought he was because someone like Julio Jones is going to be good no matter what, the, no matter who the quarterback is. But maybe Des Bryant needs a certain kind of quarterback. So maybe the best place for Des Bryant would be a place like Green Bay, right? You know, have, have Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay's a nice soft landing for him. I could see Des Bryant having a Michael Crabtree type career resurgence on a new team because um, they're built similarly. Like they they're both like those red zone like go up and get it on the sideline type guys. Um, but uh, yeah, Des Bryant he's certainly not on he's certainly not in that top tier of wide receivers. What I'm curious to see is if he's on that second tier still or if he's dropped a rung below that and we're not going to know until oh, plus season. and he's saying that he wants to stay in the nfc east which i think is preposterous it's because petty. he there's no way he's going to go to the giants that's just let's just toss that one out to the side um i don't i don't know if he would necessarily want to go to washington which wouldn't be a terrible situation to have alex smith throwing to you but he's des bryant would be the only target on that team I'd like to see him on the Saints. I think, like yeah. With, yeah. With Michael Thomas Saints. and Drew Brees chucking him the ball. But I think there's two teams that are poised for Des Bryant, and that would, one was for sure the Packers. The other would be the Patriots in this situation. Veteran, wide receiver, they don't have anybody right now. That's true. That's, they have lost a few of their know, guys. They yeah. Well, Cooks is gone. Uh, yeah. You're definitely going to need a, gone. Uh, Amendola's yeah. gone. Edelman comes back though, but I think Des Bryant is a nice fit on that team. Gronkowski, Gronkowski's talking the about ball retirement. Too far down. Yeah, but he's coming back. But they are taking the the voluntary off season programming. They are taking that off. Hmm. So take that as you will, people. I take it as the fact that if somebody told me it was, hey, you want to come work out with us? It's voluntary. I would say no thanks. I'm having. <laughs> fun on my off-season vacation. So. Yeah. If I'm having fun I, jumping on Shaquille O'Neal's shoulders during a DJ set. So. Yeah, if we had voluntary Saturdays at my office, I wouldn't go. Yeah, exactly. Next. So I was just looking up Des Bryant's statistics there. He had 17, according to uh, playerprofile.com, uh, he had 17 easy targets last season, uh, 20 red zone targets uh, out of his total uh, looks like 131 targets that they have on this website. So you're, you're right. You know, most of the balls that were thrown to him were not balls that uh, were going to uh, be completed anyway. So moving on from the NFL, because the NFL season's over, uh, uh, into the uh oh, no 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 it so is this begun. segment <laughs> it ain't never done it ain't never over uh it isn't the moving NFL on to the nba playoffs which ends. are going on as we speak uh are we do we find ourselves impressed uh that the spurs sort of limp their way into the playoffs or are we sort of sad that they're going to get run off by the by the warriors here or neither how do we how do we feel about the spurs in the playoffs for the 21st straight season I'm enjoying so, it. Yeah, I it's love like, I love Greg Popovich's post <laughs> post game conference the other day. It was so good. His first quarter press and, conference and the one after game two, they were both very good. Yeah. Why don't we have Danny Green grow six inches? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we tell Durant to just not be so good? Yeah. <laughs> so like the Spurs are right. Like they're they're in a transition season. Like if you look at their if you look at their roster, it's very unspurs. You know, you've got Tony Parker coming off the bench, Manu's forty, Paul Gasol's old, Rudy Gay is old, Kawhi's not playing. It, like it's Lamarcus Aldridge and a young uh Duante. I love that name. Um, like 
carrying a pack of spare parts. And so, like, but the dubs are in peak form. So the Spurs, like, are a very overachieving seven seed for the roster that they're putting out onto the court every day. Sure, and, and man, how do... How far how how far the Spurs have fallen that nobody expects them to win, even though the best player on the Warriors isn't even gonna play in the series. Well, I think like yeah, they've fallen, but I think it's just a natural like maturation of like remember the when the Yankees core four like got old and retired? Yes. Like and the Yankees like were kinda skating by for a little mm-hmm. bit. Like that's that's kind of what the Spurs are doing until they get their next, you know, their their Aaron Judge. Uh, so moving on to the next topic about the Spurs here, does Greg Popovich hate Kawhi Leonard? He must. He, he has to. I would. He hates everything. So Kawhi Leonard. He definitely doesn't like. Has him, a year, sure. maybe two years left on his contract, but I feel like he's played his last minute as a Spur. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I I agree with that. I do I do, however, still believe that Greg Popovich, noted connoisseur of the fermented grape, will one day release a line of Kawines. That was no. the worst setup to the most awful joke ever told on this show. That's true. That's bad. That's real bad. That was no, real I, bad. I think I don't believe that he yeah, I don't I don't think he's into him anymore. I think he's over him. I think he's definitely Kawhi Leonard's him. done. Yeah. You could tell Kawhi by Leonard. the things he says. Yeah. People ask, when's Kawhi coming back? Well, you should ask his team. Yeah, the way that he said his people. Like, that's, I mean. What do you mean, his yeah, that, people? That is, that is not so thinly veiled, like, just Greg Popovich does not like this dude anymore. That relationship soured really fast. And it's, yeah, but you know what? There's not many coaches in the NBA who could part ways with a superstar player like Kawhi Leonard and not catch any backlash whatsoever. That's true. Like he's catching no- nothing from no, this. No, uh, everyone is on it, Greg Popovich's side, and we're all we all find ourselves surprised that Kawhi Leonard could possibly want to separate from such a well-run organization. Uh, I will say this. You know who has a ton of cap space next year? A young core of superstars and uh, an opening for a off-the-ball wing? Milwaukee. Los Angeles. Philly. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. I was hoping you weren't going to say Philly that. All these Philly fans think everyone's going to Philly. It. Nobody ever goes to Philly. Give me Kawhi. Nobody ever goes. To, Give me Kawhi. No, you're not going to have a Kawhi at Riot out there. Kawhi. Riot 2019. Nice. Start the hashtag. So one one other thing that I really wanted to talk about in the NBA playoffs so far, for on the first night of the playoffs, every play-by-play announcer made the exact same read down to the word about referees advancing in the playoffs based on performance. So that tells me, obviously, that the NBA released a, a press release to ESPN and TNT and, and you know ESPN's parent company, ABC, are we at all concerned about the various sports leagues putting words into the mouths of the media for the media to regurgitate to us? This this happens all the time, by the way. Like this is this is not an uncommon thing. In, in fact, through a throughout a telecast, there will be reads that originate as press releases. But but specific um, to hey, these are good referees and only the good referees who prove themselves will be refing games in the future. That's that's there that's the NBA trying to get us to buy into the calls that are being made, no? I mean, can you give me an example of where where things like this have happened where it's not just an advertising thing? Uh, sure, like the player safety reads that are done during NFL telecasts. Yeah. Oh, like where they'll talk um, about the technology in the helmets. Right. Like they're they're what they're doing is yes, they're stating facts. It's it's not like it's propaganda. It's just like hey, th- you know, the league will dish out a press release and mandate that some point during the course of a telecast that that thing gets read on air. Um, I don't have a problem with it. 
um, because again, they're not they're not doing anything nefarious. It was not like the Sinclair Broadcasting <laughs> thing, where they're like mandating. <laughs> They're basically holding anchors hostage to say something against their will. Like, this is just, this is more of a just like, hey, these are the facts. And if you want to continue broadcasting these games, you need to say this stuff. That Sinclair thing was like Scientology. That was, uh, that was cultish. It really was. It was really creepy. It was incredibly uncomfortable. I, I, th- I mean, I don't mind the read. I, first of all, that, if that's how they pick the reps. That's how they pick the refs. So right. it's more, it's not so much a propaganda message or trying to change our minds and views and opinions about the calls that are made, as it is just them saying, look, we have a system. We have, we don't need all of the referees that we normally have. We only need so many. The, the way they wind up in the playoffs is based on their performance during the year. Now, is that measure that they use to, deem them playoff worthy skewed and or is it reliable is it valid probably not and, and also it's not like they're um, going to release the data to us so we're just right. going to have to and take that's their exactly what i'm it. saying right and that's what i'm saying there's no like reliable because there's no reliability or validity to what they're doing because we don't know can i replicate that test in a high school game can i replicate in a college game i should be able to um, but we don't know and right. the same the same situation happens in the NFL. That's exactly how they pick the referees to go to the playoffs. And the Super Bowl, you know, team is the the best uh, of the referee core. And it's not like a referee team. It's like the best line judge. It's the best back judge. It's the best referee. And they put them all together in this hodgepodge of of you know call makers, so to speak. Right. But I and don't think that. I think that right now in the NBA is we're watching all of these players complain about mm. calls. And we're in a time in the NBA where I don't think the refereeing is terrible. I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's as bad as the players are making it to seem. I think the players right now, everything's a foul. Everything is a foul. It's not being called. Or it's, it was called and it shouldn't have been called. It's like, no, we have impartial people watching the game. You need to chill out for I a guess, second. But I guess, but I don't it like is... the idea of the league trying to turn, even in that sense, the league trying to sort of turn the fans against the players, right? Because that's, that's what it is, right? That's the league telling us, no, 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 we do a lot of work to make sure these refs are very good. And even though you're going to see the players complain a bunch, Trust us, these are the very best of the very best referees. Well, I think I think the easy you know, the easy solve is to have the data be transparent and open right. to the public. But the also the you, you run the risk at that point of players knowing exactly which which refs miss <laughs> calls. But they don't necessarily so what I, I don't I don't necessarily want to know what refs missed what calls, but I do want to see the data. I don't care if you just give them all random they release I know that they've been releasing and I don't know that they're gonna continue this in the playoffs, but they've been releasing the data for the last two minutes of every game of which calls should have right. been made and which calls were missed. They've been doing that for a couple of years now. I don't know that they do that over yeah. the court that they'll release that over the course of the playoffs or for, you know, larger samples of the game. And I, I like John's idea of the players know which refs are missing calls, so they know when to play dirty and when not to play dirty. <laughs> this is the game. Oh, oh. Well, like, they have empirical evidence of, like, the ratio of block charge fouls. <laughs> this is this is when we need to play Zaza Pachulia an extra 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you never go full Zaza. Oh, gosh. Look, this guy never calls traveling game looks like a like a game of rugby speaking of traveling a lot of baseball teams flying oh. to different cities for no reason has this been the coldest <laughs> start to a baseball season ever and is this the most rainouts? i the yankees just had an entire series with detroit rained out so detroit the tigers flew into new york city didn't play any games flew out of new york city <laughs> a free free trip to new york look it it was rainy <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love so. that about baseball. <laughs> baseball is the only sport where, I'm hey, here. hey, it's raining, you guys. Game's, game's called. We can't play. Yeah, we can't play in this. Are you kidding? Somebody <laughs> might get wet. They'll play in like a giant bug storm, though. <laughs> uh, the they play in Lake snow. They'll play, in, they'll play in snow if the field's not covered in white. 
They won't play well, that wasn't rain. true in the 80s. In the 80s, the field had to hey be covered in white. Oh, my God. So, like, the uh, – the, so, yes, to answer your question, this has been the coldest start to a baseball season ever. Not just by uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Right. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> he strikes – he whips more than I do on <laughs> dad jokes. Um <laughs> The, the Oakland Athletics have only cracked 10,000 fans once in a four-game set against their division rival, the Texas Rangers. Um, and half the teams in the, in the Major League Baseball have had a single game low, lower than the lowest attendance they had on their worst date in all of 2017, and they've only played a week and a half. Everyone is ostensibly still in playoff contention, too. That's true. Except for the Marlins. Nobody's been. Yeah, the Marlins have been eliminated. By the way, saw the Marlins live. Wow, were you uh, the only one? There were no. Both of us were very excited to be there. <laughs> you, you and Derek Jeter. <laughs> That's right. Derek Jeter wasn't even there. No, he wasn't. He was in the Virgin Islands. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to. That's what they call in the business a tease. Um. But, like, I don't know, maybe, like, baseball ticket prices are not that high, but I, I do think, like, between horrible weather and just in general, like, changing sports interests and changing culture, like, I don't know. I, I think baseball attendance, yeah, like, people don't really want to go out and watch a baseball game, especially if it's snowing sideways, so... Yeah, I feel like the I went to a game in New York. I went to the Mets game Saturday night, and uh, it was a seventy degree day. But once that sun goes down, whew, oh, it gets it chilly got there. real chilly real quick, and it oh. was it was miserable. Hmm. I remember like we went last year, and it was cold. Like, it was certifiably like it was like forty eight degrees. It was like yeah. right around this. It was time, right around like this time. Year. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Now, granted, same, same time of year. Yeah, we were excited to be at a Yankee game. That was fun. We enjoyed it. That being said, like, given a choice of activity, if I'm, like, making a decision with uh, on my own with myself, you know, or taking my family, yeah, I don't want to sit outside and weather like that for three and a half hours and uh, watch first something. First of all, three hours and five minutes, okay? <laughs> I don't know if you know that, but the pitch the pitch clock has reduced uh, games by uh, 25 minutes. So, okay, okay, that's progress. You're welks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you did you invent? Why is the it that we're clock? okay with? I did. Why is it that I've we're got okay some other ideas coming down the pipeline that will blow your mind? <laughs> right. Why? Just wait for the outfield trampolines. Oh, the outfield trampoline! I can't. That oh, way less home runs. Please. <laughs> Please yep. give me those. Why is it that we're okay with freezing cold weather for football games, but all of a sudden for baseball, which is ostensibly a shorter game, uh, we're, we're not okay with it? I'm not okay with cold weather football games. Oh, okay. Never mind. Like, I, I prefer my games domed or warm. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised more North and Northeast teams don't have domes. Yeah, I'm always surprised when that. I, I like the the ones that don't are like the ones that have like old stadiums that were like in the pre-dome era. The Yankee Stadium was built in 2009. Oh, we're talking. Oh, we're talking about baseball. Okay, yeah, never mind. I'm sorry. Yeah, why doesn't Yankee? Why isn't Yankee Stadium a Yankee, dome? Yankee and because and most of the domes. game, because most of the games are in the warm part of the year. That's true. Like I, I, I don't think. I mean, you think baseball, you don't think of a dome. I mean, it would have to be a retractable roof at that point, in which case the new Yankee Stadium would have cost $5 billion <laughs> to make. But first of all, the Toronto Sky Dome, they just installed the retractable roof. Yeah, they just they just put a roof on top of the Sky really Dome. that didn't really go that No, and the Sky really Dome has had a retractable roof for years. Right, but I mean, it didn't when it was first built. Well, that that was Exhibition Field. That was not the Sky Dome. Oh. The Sky Dome was built in 1991. It had a retractable roof in 1991. And it had a, it was, I believe, it was the first retractable roof in North American sports. Come on it. So speaking of Toronto, sick. Shout out to Drake. Are we? Uh, 
Let's let's learn a little bit about the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Greg, what do you have for us? Intelligence is greater than intelligence is greater than intelligence is greater than man. Intelligence is intelligence greater than intelligence is intelligence is greater than man. Intelligence is intelligence is intelligence is intelligence is intelligence is greater than man. Greater than man. Greater than man. Well, I have something that I think every other sports organization needs to adopt when they're putting into place expansion franchises. Um, and I think a lo- the NHL actually caught a lot of flack for this and the way they... So you had protected players and you had, obviously, these unprotected players. And these unprotected players went into this compulsory draft that would help define this new team the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, And really what that said was you can protect certain players and most teams are going to protect their first line, you know, their first line players because those are going to be your goal scorers for the most part and a goalie, right? But you can't, you can't, you can't save everybody. So everybody goes into this draft and what you wind up with is a brand new team with essentially second and third tier players now, this is a thing of beauty because most teams have a first, second, third, and fourth tier. So you're kind of cutting out that fourth tier altogether. Mm. So the, pl- the, the players you're putting out on the ice are 25% of the time going to be better, right? This is an incredible idea. Because you've just built a fan base in one season and a pretty diehard and uh, committed fan base because they're in the playoffs. And not only are they in the playoffs, they're pushing towards sweeping the L.A. Kings as we speak and going to the second round. This is brilliant. Why, Why should we watch a team struggle to be kind of born? into a league of hardcore fans and and watch them struggle for five years before they become any good. This is brilliant. They made a super team right off the bat. Right, yeah, so they have a team full of everyone's second string, basically. Exactly. This is exactly what they've made is a a complete team of second stringers. So nobody on the team is kind of that – dabbling between the AHL and NHL caliber player. They're all second tier players, but they have an entire team full of them. Hmm. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant model. So I I have, I have two things I want to add to that uh, on top of that. So like to your point, like, yes, teams should not struggle like what to be born. Like that is certainly a fact. The second thing being, the, the uh, Golden Knights are the first expansion team since the San Jose Sharks in 1991 to have the expansion draft all to themselves. All of the expansions previous were done in pairs. And so they had all they had their pick of all of the players in the draft versus they were only drafting against themselves. They weren't picking against another team. Um, and I think... Part of that is, yes, the NHL put a team in Vegas, and yes, now the NHL has 31 teams. I think we can all agree 31 is an incredibly awkward number of teams to have, and that's because the NHL is like really pushing to get their 32nd team. So it behooves... Shout out Seattle. The, yeah, what's up? Um, Pacific Northwest. So it behooves the NHL to have Vegas be successful right off the bat because with all the success that they have, it makes the financial – it drives up the price of that hypothetical 32nd team because now people see that as a more attractive investment and they'd be willing to pay more money for it. Right, and I mean you're doing a lot of things with that though. Obviously you're you're creating buzz and hype in these other cities to be like, yeah, we we want a team, we want a winning team. But at the same yep. time, you're also that's what an incredible rivalry, built-in rivalry you're, you're forming. 
between Team 31 and 32. Yeah. That Vegas-Quebec rivalry is going to be hashtag lit. Nah, it's going Seattle. I would like to see that. I would like to see Seattle have an NHL team. I have it on good authority it's going to Seattle. If, oh, if the okay. NHL really does add a 32nd team soon, will the Buffalo Sabres be the first team to finish 31st and 32nd? No. They're going to be the first team to finish 31st. They are. They are the first team in NHL history to finish 31st. They've done that one. And then they're also going to be the – they're going to finish first. They're going to be the first NHL team to go from 31st to first. No, stop it. At some point – are, are you it. just saying at some point in the Buffalo Sabres future they will finish first? Or are you saying they're going to finish first next year? Next year. Is this – Are you – did you watch a Buffalo Sabres game this year? That it, that ha- I I probably watched forty games. I'd say I went in person to a handful. Let me ask you: Are John you bon Jovi okay? Was at one of them. Not happy about that. How did you survive? <laughs> he was like ten rows in front of me. I wanted to throw everybody's leftover drinks on him. You However, couldn't because uh, they were halfway there. I was a, I I was an invited guest, so I couldn't. But at this point, you must have, like, post-traumatic saber disorder. I may. But you know what? I'm learning to live with it, John Gorman. I mean, you did say that they are going to finish first next year. They will. Give it time. Okay. A year to be a year to Speaking be of awful. No, not a year. <laughs> Speaking of awful yeah, attendance. This year, they And were we talked awful. about baseball earlier and, and the weird cold front to have hit the baseball. Hold on, hold on. I'm not done with the I'm Golden sorry. Knights yet, Daniel. <laughs> not I, I, I've this never talked is, this much. This Golden Knight is still young. Yes. I've never talked this much hockey in my life before. All right, keep going. If the Golden Knights make it, to the Stanley Cup playoff, right or to the Stanley Cup finals, right? Right now, as it stands, the Vegas Golden Knights are the most successful franchise expansion franchise in any sport in history. Correct. If they if they make it to this finals, what an incredible thing for hockey to put that out well, to the world. But, I mean, you kind of just is just it? outlined how their run is sort of inflated, right? If if teams were only able to protect, I don't know I, I, how many players were each team able to protect. Like if they were only able to protect their first line, and the Vegas Golden Knights are full of every other team's second line, that makes them you know twenty five to fifty percent better than most other teams just right off the bat. So how how amazing a story is that? Isn't that kind of inflated? No, because they still have. I mean, they still have to learn how to mesh together. They still need to. They they have to. Obviously, the coaching plays a huge part of this. It's it's one thing to like put a whole bunch of superstars together in one, but it's we see in other sports, in other sports and other teams, even in hockey, when you put two superstars on a team, it causes a little bit of friction. It takes a little bit of time for everybody to feel themselves out. I, I look at a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. And yeah, they're in the playoffs, but with given the firepower they have, that's one of the most disappointing teams in the NBA this year to me. So it's not always a good thing to just have the superstars on one team or even, you know, in this tier, just stars on a team. Uh, but they came together as a team. They really good coaching, incredible coaching, coach of the year for sure. Um, but. They they put everything together in a in a small amount of time, and I think that's really impressive. So I think like like if you look, there's a, there's there's this simple rating system metric that like stack ranks the teams based on things like goal differential and strength of schedule and stuff, and like Vegas finished fifth in that for the course of the year. Um, they've played the twenty first hardest schedule which is essentially middle of the pack um they're fourth in scoring and eighth in goals allowed so like it's a good team like if they win the championship i would say it would be a it would be a mild surprise relative to their number profile but like it wouldn't be that big of a shock so like although it's super cool that like 
an expansion team wins the title, this is no ordinary expansion team, and that's somewhat been by design. Right, exactly. That's ex- it, and this was very calculated by the NHL. And like I said earlier, it was a brilliant mm-hmm. move. At first, I had a I had a huge issue with it. I, I didn't like it, but now that I've watched it play out and I see how it, I see how I am intrigued to watch them. I've watched every. I'm, this is the first game I'm missing <laughs> right now um, of the series, and they're up one nothing, by the way, um, in the middle of the second. But it's it's exciting for it's exciting for hockey. I think this creates a buzz for hockey because the shows that normally don't talk about hockey, the sports shows that like ours, for example. <laughs> Um, or Sports Center for or pardon we talk way more hockey than ESPN does. That's just very in true. segment alone. This is very true. We've already eclipsed our time for hockey for the entire lifetime of this show. Yes, Barry piece. Melrose, come join us. Yeah, for sure. I'll slick the hair back just like Barry Melrose. I'll get a nice wide-shouldered khaki sport coat. With pants that don't match. But that's okay. That's how we do. No one can see our pants. I'm not wearing Whoa. any. I'm wearing I'm wearing I'm wearing mesh that's shorts. Not, this is not the kind of no show that we're wear. doing. No, what same. I am also wearing mesh shorts. You are absolutely correct. Do you have underwear on? Yes. I sure see? do. No, 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 no. <laughs> Terrible. Go take them off. <laughs> All right. We'll pause the show. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shane's Life is a Fantasy Draft. Powered by Geeks So we talked about, uh, I guess speaking of not wearing underwear, right? Uh, we talked about how cold the weather's been for the start of the baseball season. A lot of that plays into, or uh, causes, very low attendance. We had... See, go for it. I was going to say, you might think that it's been cold, but in my opinion, baseball has never been hotter. So baseball <laughs> might not have ever been hotter, but attendance, I don't think has ever been lower. Uh, White Sox Rays on April the 10th uh, had an attendance, an announced attendance of 974 people. I, I took courses in college that I think had more people in it than that. This show has more listeners than that. Which is shout insane. Out, shout out to Geeks Unlimited. Geeks Yo. Unlimited. Like and subscribe. Shout out to our iTunes. We're on iTunes and Google Play. We have a, uh, a what's it called? An Instagram account. Shane's Pod. Shane's Follow Pod. that. That has more followers than people attended White Sox Rays. <laughs> so accurate. So talk to me a little bit about awful attendance in, in baseball. Is this uh, I, this is just a temporary thing because the weather's been cold? I had awful attendance in college. <laughs> and you still managed to attend more classes. It was a cold weather school, though. No, no, no. I would I would say I, I attended maybe like if it, if, if, if if, you know, class going to every class was like having season tickets. I, I bought like, you know, like the platinum pack. And just went to like four really important games. You went to the first class, you went to the midterm, and you went to the final. Correct. Yes. Yeah. You have to go to the class before the final exam so that you know what's going to be on the final exam. No, no, so, that's the so class you, you don't go to. That's going to be the boring class. Yeah. That's going to be the review class. Nobody wants to go to the review class. They're going to be like, as we were saying previous in the previous 15 weeks. I'll <laughs> yeah. be like... I'm sorry, what? (laughs) So, the worst, I think the worst team in baseball, we can say pretty clearly, because they're trying to be bad, is the Miami Marlins. And in a, the Miami Marlins are being sued by the city of Miami, because of course they are. Uh, The city of Miami is trying to get back some of the profits from the recent sale of the team. Uh... Miami Marlins, in an effort to avoid being in a Miami courtroom, have claimed citizenship in the British Virgin Islands. And I'd like to read to you, uh, this is the lead of a story written on this subject uh, in the Miami Herald by Douglas Hanks. Uh, The lead goes as follows. Root, 
root root for the International Offshore Holding Corporation. (laughs) (laughs) So the Miami Marlins are not a baseball team. They're not even pretending to be a baseball team on the field. They're not fielding Major League Baseball players. They are an offshore holding corporation <laughs> based out of the British Virgin Islands. That is that is what Miami Marlins think about themselves. You could argue that most entities taking up reference in South Flo- or residents in South Florida are offshore holding companies. <laughs> well, 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 you know the weather keeps up like this. Soon enough, Miami itself is going to be offshore. <laughs> <laughs> My God. But, and I, like, here's the thing, like, is if you're going to do dirty dealing, right, you you go to Miami. Yeah, it's where it gets done. This is so dirty that they're not even claiming to be Miami anymore. They should have, they should have just laundered the money through cocaine like everybody else does in Miami. And nobody would have cared. That would have, that would have, I mean, that would have filtered back to the government. They wouldn't have even needed to sue. There are whole... There are whole swaths of condos in Miami that are owned by people who've never been in them. <laughs> and they only use them to house people as like crash pads. And like it's artificially driven. The real estate price is so astronomically high there that people are being priced out of homes that otherwise would be very reasonably affordable. The Miami Marlins greatest export is Dominican baseball players. <laughs> I was going to say that their greatest export has been, yeah, has, has been like literally their fire sales that they have before they want to yeah. sell the team. Yeah. The Miami Marlins, by the way, have not been as bad as we think they've been the last four years. It's just that this year they've been stripped down for parts, well, like even more so than usual. Uh, I mean... Even even the Philadelphia 76ers haven't didn't announce in the way that the Miami Marlins did. Hey, we are trying to lose. We have no interest in winning at all this year. None. Uh, isn't it? I, I find and they're still charging full price for tickets and season tickets. And yeah. it's like, that, that's an insult to the city of Miami. And then adding adding to that is just uh, this this great quote here from the motion made in Miami court uh, to remove a, the, the suit from Miami court. Uh, one of the members of Marlins Team Co. is a corporation incorporated in the British Virgin Islands. So Marlins Team Co. Like they're not Marlins even Miami Team Marlins. Co. They're Marlins no. Team Co. Let me ask you something. Please. On a scale of one to Greg Popovich at Kawhi Leonard, how pissed is Don Mattingly? Don Mattingly? Yeah, the the third season manager of the Miami Marlins. I don't think he's pissed at all. He's he's hey, how how nice is it to manage with zero expectations? Right, yeah, I was but does he say s- that's a pretty cushy gig right there? Right, does it's, it's he like still get canned though? Does he like does? Does he? Yes. Th- oh, yes. At some point, he does. Not this year. Yeah, not this year and not he next year. He doesn't get year. canned this year, but he does. He does get canned eventually. They have but to can him. People are going to look at him as like, that's the guy that led the Miami Marlins to 120 losses. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, he can just spin that as, you know, I had no major leaguers on that roster. The minor league teams got higher average attendance than the major league team did. Minor leagues never been higher. How, uh, this will be a Don fun. Don Mattingly game. transcends baseball. First of all, yeah. He, no, his, his no. His last name is known. His last literally name is literally Donnie Baseball. Yeah. he is yes. baseball. Um, so he he'll get canned, but it'll be like one of those. It'll be like Joe Girardi getting canned from the Yankees, kind of a situation. It'll be like when Don Mattingly got quote-unquote, when Don Mattingly quote-unquote retired before the Yankees finally won a World Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, finally the, won. I like finally won the World Series. Well, I Series. mean, like, because, yeah. like, Don Mattingly Because they hadn't won any before that point. He, he literally only played during the seasons when the Yankees never went to the World Series. Which is like weird. Like, that, that's... The, 
His entire career from 82 to 95 yeah. was like the only 13-year stretch in the history of the New York Yankees where they did not make a World Series. That is a fact. You know the Yankees have been in like 40% of World Series? Yeah. It's crazy. They're like both That's the insane. Lakers and the Celtics. <laughs> they are. Real quick, 1978. What two teams were in the NBA Finals? I'm going to um, guess the Lakers. No, I'm going to go um, Bullets Sonics. I don't have an answer. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on it. Oh, I'm on oh it. come on. <laughs> it, it was, you, you looked this up, John. No, I did it not. It was absolutely Bullets Sonics. Woo! <laughs> How could I have looked it up in like half a second? I have no idea. Do you know who? Exactly. Do you know who announced the games? Uh, no. Brent Musburger and Rick Barry. Oh, wow. Brent Musburger. Brent Musburger. You are looking live. Bullets and Sonics. Yeah, Bullets Sonics. Bullets uh, won that series 4-3. Seven-game series. Yeah. The Sonics won it the next year? Uh, did they? I'll find out. All right. Uh, fun. Fi- uh, this is a fun game to play. Name a Marlin. I can name. I can name. Uh, yes, I can name a Marlin. All right, lay it on me. Starlin Castro, because the Yankees just traded him. <laughs> to the Starlin or Castro is uh, Greg, name another Marlin. Any. Derek Jeter and Don Mattingly. <laughs> also former Yankees. Yeah. Uh, it was actually a rematch. The 79 finals was a rematch of the 78 finals. The Sonics won 4-1. There you go. And that's the kind of uh, that's the a kind of analysis that you'll get. Yes, a gentleman sweep in the NBA Finals. And that's the kind of analysis that you'll only get here on Shane's Life is a Fantasy Draft. Late 70s NBA Twitter is lit right now. So lit. Lit AF, as the kids, as, as the kids say. Litty. So. As it were. I think we'll end here. I think this is a nice, uh, nice soft landing spot for us. Much like Green Bay will be for Des Bryant. All right. Or or New England. Or New England. It's also a soft spot for him. So I'd like to thank Very everybody soft. for listening. Uh, make sure Buffalo to... Will be crash landing Buffalo. without a shoot. <laughs> be like one of my segues. How about, how about this? Be like a, Wiley Coyote off the cliff. As a surprise spot for him, what about Cleveland? No. Oh, God, that'd be a terrible spot. For Why? Them. Actually, they already have, they're already pretty stacked. They, have a, they yeah. have a couple receivers, so he would be like the third receiver, second and a half receiver, like he's better than Jarvis Landry. Des Bryant Def- on definitely. a team with Josh Gordon and Jarvis <laughs> Landry with Tyrod Taylor throwing 15 passes a game. Yeah, I'm sure it'll work out great. All right, fine. Never mind. That'd be 15 completions, though, probably. MVP of the uh, 79 finals was Dennis Johnson. The microwave. Yeah. No, that was Vinny Johnson. Oh. Sorry. Who was Dennis Got my Johnsons mixed up. <laughs> you shouldn't cross Johnsons. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you, everybody, for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. John, where are the people finding you these days? Uh, Instagram, Shane's Pod. Instagram, Hey Gorman. Hey Gorman. Hit me up on the dot co, johngorman.co. You can follow me on Twitter at Don't Take My Name. Greg Dennis, close us out here. Where are the people going to find you? You can find me anywhere they serve soft tacos. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have yourselves a wonderful week. Deuces. Shout out Jacksonville. Everywhere I wanna be, yeah, yeah. If one night I could take it back, oh, I'd do the same each day. If for one night I could hold you. 
See? 